you're essentially telling someone to basically like just cut themselves off at the end of like serious enjoyment. It's like they start eating pizza and it's like, this is so good. And then it's like, but you can't eat any more now because you wasted your calories for the whole day. And it's like, why don't we just teach this person to just make food swaps? Like when mankind first started, we didn't have fucking pizza. Like we're not, <laughs> meant, we're not, we're not meant to have pizza. What is up, guys? My name is Logan Tremellon, and this is the Defying Odds podcast. Today, I have on Ryan Fish. Ryan has qualified for the Olympic trials in both bobsled and skeleton. He's competed at the CrossFit Regional seven times. He's then been blacklisted from the sport of CrossFit, but then he turned that into starting his own gym called Chalk Performance Training. He's built an online community with over 20,000 members and he has transformed the bodies of over 100,000 people. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, of course. So I want to go into your story first. I have some questions for you, but you kind of have an insane story. Like I just talked about, like you got into, you were getting into the Olympics Olympics and a few different sports. Then, um, then you got into CrossFit. You did CrossFit a lot. You were serious in it. And I've heard your story just from your post on Instagram where, like, you were really competing at the highest level and that was everything to you. You know, you didn't know anything else. And then you had a crazy story where you ended up yelling at one of the people. I'm not going to get into it. I want you you to tell the story. But I'm just take me back. Like, how do you get into fitness and sports and everything you do now? I mean, I grew up in a place called Tom's River, New Jersey. There wasn't, like, a lot going on. It was kind of boring. Um, and then a friend of mine just owned a gym. And I would just go to the gym with him literally like when I was like 12 and start working out. And then I think I got like serious about going to the gym probably when I saw this guy working out at his gym when I was like 13 and he was a Olympic bobsled athlete. I just remember seeing this guy who just like, he looked so much different than everybody else. And he was like doing power cleans and like stuff I had never seen before. And it was so interesting to me. And he looked like, everything that like a young kid would want to look like. Yeah. Like the veins popping out of his arms and stuff. <laughs> and like most people were just big, but he looked like he like looked fit. I was like, fuck, he looks good. Um, so I just like went up to him and asked him like, what do you, you know, like, can you help me basically? Yeah. And he always like gave me a few tips every time I'd come into the gym, it wound up being something that like, I'd always talk to him. And then from there, I remember just like kind of like always having this thing in the back of my head, like, man, it'd be so cool to like be in the Olympics and do something like that it would be so cool. And then um, I actually moved to Hawaii when I was 18 to be a helicopter pilot. And that was like the first thing I ever did. I know it sounds like I'm going off track, but it's all going to come full circle <laughs> in a second. So I moved there. I, you know, I'm going to school. I'm in like a community college in Hawaii getting my license. And then I see this flyer one day and it just says like tryouts for skeleton and bobsled team. And I was like, fuck, like I've always thought that would be so cool. Um, keep in mind, like when I was in high school, I played a ton of sports. I was really, really good at sports. I was an athlete. So I just like, I left that part out, but like, I was just always an athlete my whole life. And then when I was in Hawaii and I saw that flyer, I was like, I want to do that. Like I have to do that. So I started training with a buddy of mine who was like on the, the university of Hawaii football team. And he like brought me to like all of his, like, he would like bring me to like the football, like weight, weightlifting kind of sessions. Mm -hmm. Like I'd be in there with all the football players. Like I wasn't supposed to be there, but he was just like, he was like one of their best players. And he's like, dude, this, this guy like wants to do this thing. Like just let him come train with us. <laughs> and I remember like just training every single day for months and months and months. And I remember I, I ran like a four, four forty, like with timing eyes, which is like NFL yeah. speed. And then I also like got my power clean and my squat and all this stuff, like super, super high. And then I went and did these tryouts and I got like top, three in the nation. And then I moved to Utah and then just trained for the skeleton and bobsled team for four and a half to five years, I think. And, um, cause of the, I think the year that I went, like the Olympics had just gotten done. And then I was like training for the next one. Yeah. So, like 2000, 2010 was what I was hoping to go for. And in the beginning I wasn't big enough. I was only like 170, 175 pounds maybe at most. And then, so I did skeleton, which is head first down the bobsled track. So I did that for most of my time. And then my last year, I got up to 205 pounds was the biggest. And from there, and keep in mind, I'm five foot five. So like 205 for me is, I was yeah. a big boy. 
And uh, <laughs> by the time I got there, so I wound up doing bobsled that last year. And then I was like on the Olympic, basically like the Olympic development team. And then I tore my hamstring the year of the Olympics. And it was like a big, big process. And I remember just thinking like, man, like, what do I do from here? Like, I don't know if I want to do another four years of this. And, you know, I'm, I'm in college. I was like on a scholarship just because of like being on the Olympic team which was cool. So I, didn't have to, I didn't have to pay a lot of money for school. All I had to do was like pay for books. School was, was paid for. And then um, I remember kind of just, I think I, a friend of mine was like, you should go to this CrossFit gym. And like that was when everything started to kind of just take a giant detour. Yeah. Because I went, I went to this CrossFit gym and loved it. And it was like, it just, it, it changed everything for me. So you, it was almost perfect timing that as soon as you got out of, or as soon as you were done with school, I'm assuming that's around the same time you found CrossFit. Yeah. So, I mean, when I was done with school, I was trying to keep the story shorter, but like when I got yeah. done with school, I was like, I don't really want to be a helicopter pilot anymore. Cause I went back to school essentially to get my degree so I can go into the military to fly. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I need to be an officer. I need to have a four-year degree. So then I went to school. And then when I was going to school, I was like, dude, especially with the bobsled thing, I was, like, so fit. I was like, I just don't want to go in and, like, be a pilot. Like, I want to, like, go in and fucking kill people. Like, I want to be a SEAL or <laughs> yeah, I want to be, like, special forces of some kind. Like, and you know, I looked into all the branches. And um, I remember just being like, I got to get in shape for this because I'm too big right now. And I want to like get back into like real, real fit shape, you know? So then I started going to the CrossFit gym specifically for that. And then when I started training, you know, the people who were there were like, you're really good. Like you should go compete. And then I was like, oh, that would be cool too. But like, I don't really expect anything, you know, great out of this. Like I don't, I'm not, I don't, I'm not this like competitive CrossFit athlete, but then lo and behold, I actually was really, really good. And then, you know, things kind of blossomed from there. So, I mean, the idea of going in the military to fly was like basically gone. Even like being a SEAL and all that stuff was kind of gone because I was so good in the sport that every time I'd go to competitions, I would just crush people. Yeah. And I was like beating Rich Froning's scores like online and stuff like that. I, I had never met him, but I remember just being like, he's the best. I'm just going to do whatever workout he did and try to beat it. Um, and that was like all I did for so a while. Then- how many years did you end up doing CrossFit and take me up to the story of you competing in the trials and ultimately the story of you getting blacklisted? Yeah. So I guess 2011 was my first regional. And then I think I I went like pretty much every year after that, but 2013, so 2012, actually the next following year. So I went to 2011. The only reason I didn't go to the CrossFit games is because I didn't understand like movement standards um, so like I would, <laughs> funny enough, like when you do a handstand push up, you flip up on the wall and you do handstand push ups. I did like a wall walk, like stomach to the yeah, wall and yeah. did handstand push ups and they didn't accept them. And they're like, you have to go the other way. But I was like too scared to flip up. Like that, <laughs> I, I, I personally <laughs> just, I personally like just didn't like that. Um, and then they didn't accept it. So like I got like this horrible score on that event and then just, you know, it just was what it was. And then the next year. I actually, like, got top five in, like, all the events. And then one of the events just did really bad because it was, like, hang cleans. And I had never done a hang clean. I'd always done, like, a regular power clean. And they were heavy. They were 225 pounds. So I get, like, top five in all these events, and I get, like, 30th in that one. (laughs) And then I wind up getting fourth place overall, and top three went to the games. And I was so bummed. And then the next year... I was, like, in the best shape ever, and I was, like, I'm going to the games no matter what. Like, you really have to try to stop me. Yeah. And then I I get there, and, um, you know, I'm I'm doing my favorite event the whole weekend. It's the deadlift and box jump one. And literally the guy just comes over. He just keeps giving me no rep, no rep, no rep, no rep. And when you're in the – like, this workout for me would have been sub three minutes. So it just goes from that point. It just becomes, like, in my mind, I'm, like, everything is falling apart. Like, if I don't go to the CrossFit Games right now, like, I'm fucked. Like, I have wasted years of my life just training for this, and I, like, said no to all these other opportunities. Like, I don't think people realize what what goes into some of these moments. Like, people talk about people being, like, depressed after the Olympics or depressed after they, like, make a bunch of money and then, like, they're just, like, not fulfilled and all these different things. I mean, like, that was the only fulfillment that I needed was to just go to the CrossFit Games. I didn't care if I got there and got last place. I just needed it. 
and I just felt all of it go away. And I just was like, I don't give a fuck about anything right now except the fact that I'm not going to the game because there's nothing I can do. Once you lose an event, like, badly, it's fucking over. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing that I felt the whole time. So I said, I don't even remember saying I'm going to fucking kill you, but that's apparently what I said. <laughs> and and who gives a fuck? Like, yeah. People say all sorts of fucked up stuff, like, in the moment like that. It's not like, dude, when this is done, I'm literally going to go take the time to go buy a gun no, and no. go buy bullets and come back and kill your fat ass. Like, it's just like, that's just like not, <laughs> that's like not, not no. even remotely reality. But they wanted to make a big deal out of it, and they did. And they got their fucking views that they wanted on social media or whatever the hell they wanted. Um, but, you know, I mean... I don't fucking know. People ask me all the time, like, do you regret what you said? I'm like, sure, I regret it. But, like, I, I think anyone in that moment, yeah. you know what I mean? Is like, it's all going to be the same. Like, everyone's going to have, like, a bad reaction. to. Cer- like, I don't think there's a person on this planet who hasn't had a bad reaction in the middle of something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even when I'm working out and I'm doing FBA, like, even after a good set, I don't swear a lot, but even after a good set, I'll just, like, say a bunch of cuss words just because you're pushing out. Yeah. It's just so much energy. Um, So I could have... Couldn't even imagine doing that amount of, you know, exercise and doing that, putting that much work into it and then not getting, you know, that result. I could definitely see how that would easily come out, <laughs> you know? Well, dude, I remember when I first opened my gym, like I was doing like 1,000 meter row intervals in yeah. between classes because I was like trying to train for CrossFit. Yeah. And I would just like, I'd get like these 15 minute breaks between classes and I'd be like, all right, I'm going to hop on the rower. I'm going to do like a three by 1,000 meter row with like a two or three minute rest in between. I'm going to fucking hit it as hard as I can. And I remember this girl came up to me in the middle of this row and she's like, I'm literally 500 meters into a thousand meter row for a time. Yeah. And you're in a dark place when you're doing a thousand meter row. Yeah. And she comes over and she's like, Ryan, there's no bathroom. There's no (laughs) toilet paper in the women's bathroom. And I'm literally dying. I'm like, get the fuck out. Like I like freaked (laughs) out. Yeah. I'm like freaking out and I'm just like, this is exactly what happened at the event. And like, yeah. and, and I think, I think anyone else, when you're in that dark place, it just, it's just your go-to is like not going to be a nice comment. No, but whatever. No. I mean, essentially <laughs> I look back on the whole thing and I know for sure that that moment was supposed to happen because it made me shift into what I have now, which is all the business side of things. Yeah. And people ask me now that I have this side of it, like, do you do you miss the other side? And like, the, I mean, the answer is obviously yes. Like, I I miss being an athlete. I miss having like a little bit more of a purpose in terms of that. Um, business is fun, but it's fucking hard. And I mean, training is hard. Like, if you want to be really good, it's really hard too. But it's like more fun. It's more fun to like do something with your body and and achieve something that way than like achieving like a monetary success. Success is cool, but it's like only for you. Yeah. I don't know. I guess training is the same too, but it's like a little bit different. People get to watch and and see and be like, "That's fucking cool." And yeah, yeah. No so one that really was, cares when you make a bunch so, of money. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the story behind how you got essentially kicked out of CrossFit. This podcast is sponsored by MacroMerch.com. MacroMerch.com is a simple and easy way to order custom printed T-shirts and products day or night at your convenience. Do you own a business? Do you have an event coming up? Are you involved in an organization or play a sport and need shirts? Look no further. Head over to macromerch.com to browse and select your desired apparel, brand, style, and color. Next, upload your logo, pick your sizes and quantities, use code DEFY at checkout for 10% off your order, and free shipping. That's DEFY at checkout for 10% off. After that, like, what made you want to stay in CrossFit and start your own gym. And then you can go a little bit into the story of your, you finding the business partner and you opening the gym. Um, and then how did you build, you opened up a gym, you did that, but then how did you decide to transition it to online training and open up that aspect of things? Yeah. So opening the gym was the only thing that really made sense to me because it was the only skills that I really had. Um, but to be completely fair, I actually didn't want to open a gym. I was doing pretty well doing personal training. I was making like six or seven grand a month and which like now seems like a, you know, yeah. how do you live on that type of thing? Which is crazy. Cause like with inflation now, everybody I feel like makes so much money. I'm like, this is insane. But at the time I was like really happy with that. And, um, I didn't really want to take the, take the risk. And my business partner that I have now, I was training him and he made the operating software for, uh, MySpace. So he's 
you know, yeah. a wealthy guy. And he's like, dude, we'll make something so good, so cool. Like, people are going to love it. Like, don't worry about it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right. Like, if we get the right space, I'll do it, you know. And we, and we eventually got the right space. And then from there, it just became like, you know, that was my thing. And I had to, like, put everything into it just like I was, like, being an athlete. Like, you just got to put everything you can into, into that. And I remember, like, putting it on social media because, like, that was my thing. I liked doing social media at the time. And it just became like, you know, here's my gym and here's what we're doing and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And people are like, I want to do like the workouts that you guys do. And I was like, all right, well, one day I just put them on. And it was mainly because someone kept dropping into my gym who was like, dude, your workouts are awesome. You got to put them online. And I was like, I just don't see anybody wanting to pay me for these workouts because you can get (laughs) workouts for free. Um, But they're like, yeah, but they're not your workouts. And I'm like, "Ah, I guess. And interestingly enough, I was working so much at the time, I coached all the classes myself, all 10 every day. Classic Ryan, doing all the things. So um, I remember, like, I never had time to put the workouts online. So I was, like, the only CrossFit gym at the time, especially, like, a famous one that never put their workouts online. So when I said you could actually start doing the workouts and you got to just pay, like, 20 bucks, it wound up getting a lot of members. Like, my first day that I launched it, first week – I don't, know, I don't know what I got the first day, but after the first week, I was making $4,000 a month. And that's exactly how much money I was paying myself as the gym owner was four k yeah. a month was my salary. And then I'd make PT money on top of that. And then, funny enough, in the beginning, I was like, this is so cool. But at the time, I was like, I'm actually kind of embarrassed, though, because like, people are <laughs> buying my programs and like, I'm the guy who like threatened to kill someone and like I I wasn't I wasn't like the best athlete and like I kind of had like this weird chip on my shoulder where I felt like I wasn't good enough kind of thing. But then it just grew like people kept tagging it and talking about it and like, you know, I didn't really post a lot about it and it got all the way up to like maybe twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 a month worth of revenue. And I remember like my parents, my friends, everyone was like, dude, I would just save that money because you know, I don't know how long that's going to last for. Mm-hmm. And that kept being something that was like in the back of my head. And I was like, shit, like how long do you think it can last for? So I just pretended to not have any money always. And then um, I think one day I, you know, I had like a million dollars in my account and like I didn't make a million dollars. Like some people talk about making a million dollars. Like I actually had like one million Thirty-seven thousand and something dollars in my account, and I was like, "Mom, I have a million dollars in my account. It's pretty cool." And she's like, "You need to go buy a house or do something with that money. You can't just have that money." Yeah. And I was like, "But I don't really want a house, and I don't really want like anything. You know, I I didn't want anything. It's so weird that I even bought a house and bought a cool car, and like people look at me that way, like." oh, he's fancy or whatever. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, it's like, it wasn't really what I wanted. Like, I actually bought a cool car because I thought that would kind of help, you know, get more like people want to follow me and think that like, I was successful. It wasn't really for me. And then the house was more of like an investment and which worked out really well. It's like probably the most money I've ever made was buying my stupid house. Yeah, I could imagine. And, and yeah. And then... um and yeah, so I did I did those things, but at the time I lived in like a little one bedroom apartment. I had a little Toyota Tacoma that was old and I was like, you know, had a million bucks in my account and I just didn't really give a fuck. And then um yeah, it was like super super interesting that it worked out that way, but um it, you know, I think I'm losing topic right now, but I basically basically went from that point to getting into that whole space and then watching it grow. So, yeah, I got off topic because I was talking about not really like pushing it and and having a limiting belief that I didn't deserve it. But then eventually it got to the point where I knew that I was, the brand was getting big enough and I knew that I was making a lot of money and stuff like that. And it's like, it kind of was, what do I want to call it? Like I need, I thought that I needed the prerequisite of being the best in the world to actually be able to push my products. And I I thought I needed that to like, to give people, the prerequisite that like I was the person that you should listen to. But then as mm-hmm. it started to do it on its own organically, I became the person that I know that I needed to be. And I really wish that happened a lot sooner for me. <laughs> yeah. Like I really wish it did. So once you started to realize that and realize that you didn't need um, to have that belief in order to, you know, sell online and build that community and actually teach people um, through online training, um, 
what did you do? Like, did you just double down in it? And then how's it going now? Like, what have you done since that point uh, when you started seeing success to continue growing the brand? So interestingly enough, all of the best people that I've ever met in terms of, so I feel like we all have these people in our life that we meet and after we meet them, everything has changed forever. Mm -hmm. And they all happened for me on the podcast. So the first person that I met was a girl who was an online trainer. She introduced me to online paid advertising. So I started hiring this girl like freelance. She helped me like scale a lot. I went from like these like very small numbers on like selling ebooks and challenges and stuff to like, you know, making like six figures a month with this lady. It was insane. And then the next person I met was Alex Ramosi way mm -hmm. before he was big, way before he was famous. And then he shifted my mindset of like, <clears throat> you know, at the time it was like the, the amount of money that I was making, he made me feel like was literally nothing at all because he was talking about some crazy numbers. And then ever since Ever since then, I think about the numbers and I think about the goals, and they're so much smaller than they than they uh, than they appear to be. I'm just like, man, this this is my goal, but in reality, like his goal would be ten times that. So it just made me yeah. think like, to th he kind of like taught me to think a lot bigger. He also kind of ruined everything for me because like the things that I used to think were like really like small celebratory things now became like, oh, like you're just there. And then it like it kind of fucked me up actually. You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, sometimes I'm happy I met him, and sometimes I'm really sad that I met him. <laughs> um, That's funny because I think we all have like you know I think that we can all ex we can all we can all succeed to the level that we truly want to if we really really want to. But some of us are like happy at a certain level, and yeah. like I think I think I really was happy where I was at, like I ecstatically happy. And then knowing how much bigger it could be and then knowing, like, how I wasn't reaching my full potential has, like, really bothered me since I met him. And, like, trying to get to this one – trying to get to the next um, – what is, like, the next phase of my life now has been really, really hard because I need to hire a bunch of people and do a bunch of stuff that I'm not good at. Yeah. And it's just, like, glaringly obvious, um, like, what he would say to me or, like, you know, how he would approach the situation. And I'm always thinking about that. And I'm like, fucking damn it, like – but yeah, those are two people that I met on my podcast that made a huge difference for me and just like opened my eyes to a lot of things. And, you know, it's, it's cool when you meet other people. I think a lot of people get stuck because, you know, they say you're the average of the five people around you. Like I, I don't necessarily always believe that, but I do believe like your connections of the five people that you have can really open up like what's possible. Yeah. You need those five people to kind of help you change your mindset and change your belief patterns. Following up to that question, um, you made an Instagram post. I was actually going to bring it up where you said uh, you wish you would have networked more at a younger age down to the same reason of what you just said. Like you would have just met yeah. more people and expanded basically what you could believe what you believed is possible. Um, we know why you wish that because you just said. Um, but what would you have done um, to basically find and get connected with higher level peers if you would have started sooner? Like obviously you met Alex and you met that girl. Like if you were starting earlier or even now, like what would you do to know, build a connection with those I people? I would probably spend, I'd probably spend all my money going to like events. And then, um, I also like obviously message people and see, like, I remember you, I remember you messaged me like tons of times. Yeah. Tons of times. I remember you ton. I remember you tons of times. Um, and then like now eventually, you know, we, we work together a little bit, talk, talk and stuff like that. And it's just basically, I fuck, I don't even know how many followers you have. Yeah. Like I literally don't even know off the top of my head. And that's the biggest deterrent for people is like, I don't have enough followers to talk to this person. And yeah, maybe you don't. Um, a lot of times people will hit me up and they have 200 followers and they'll ask me to be on their podcast. And I just instantly say no because I'm like, I don't have the time for like that. Yeah. But at the same time, if they hit up someone who had like two or 3,000 followers and had them on their podcast and eventually as they grow to like four or 5K and then they ask someone who has 20 or 30K that person will say yes and so yeah. on and so forth. You just have to build. Yeah. There's some there's something about social media nowadays where it's it truly is like the instant gratification of like if I start a podcast, I should absolutely already mm -hmm. have 10,000 downloads an episode. I should have this, I should have that and it's like it's because you're seeing it um and you just like a lot of people are they they truly are forgetting a massive chunk of hustle that yeah. needs to be done. <laughs> yeah. Like 
I mean, dude, my hustle to get to where I'm at is it literally makes me want to go take a nap right now. I'm just like <laughs> just thinking about it. <laughs> it was so much fucking work. And, you know, it's like when I talk to people now and they, they want to do like kind of what I'm doing or what I did or and it's like, well, I'm here now. And I'm like, dude, you just got to fucking eat it for the next 10 years. Like, yeah, there's definitely people who hit home runs in like six months to a year somehow. Yeah, they're a very special kind of personality or they're you know, they went they spent their life savings doing all the content and all these things and just went for it. But it's just not it's just not going to happen for everybody. Yeah. So throughout all of this, what has been your biggest challenge? Like, was it at the CrossFit and getting kind of kicked out of that scene and still wanting to stay in the sport because that's all you known you knew? Or was it um, having those limiting beliefs and then realizing that there was so much more? Like, just over the history, your entire life, what has been your biggest challenge? Ooh. To be completely honest... And this is something I've never said on any podcast. I think my biggest my biggest challenge right now, or my biggest challenge ever, is literally what I'm living at the very current moment. And it's mainly because I built this insane, insane brand that's like so big and so cool, and I built it all off of the gym. So like, I started the gym. The gym became famous. Um, the programming became famous, and from here. It's just been this thing that I really want to nurture it and grow it even more and more and more and more. And I know to do that now, I feel like I need to not be in the gym. And that's what I haven't done in like the last two years. Like most people who follow me, like I used to be in the gym all the time. Now I'm never there. Mm -hmm. And it's like, because if I go, I wind up talking to people. I wind up wasting a lot of time and I don't get a lot done. Like my workouts like kind of suffer a little bit because I'm hanging out and stuff. Yeah. And now I, I go to other gyms to work out. I don't get as much content now when I'm working out because I'm at other gyms and I don't like filming at other gyms. And my most popular program now is like a bodybuilding program versus a CrossFit program. So I've been in this weird area right now where I'm like, and I've also, let's throw onto the list, I've wasted maybe $50,000 trying to build my own app that kind of like I got screwed over by some people a couple times and it just like wasn't the greatest experience. So now I'm like, you know, to grow my, my company, do I either, you know, put all the money into trying to grow an app again? But I talked to someone like Alex and Layla, the Hermoses, and they're like, dude, do not start an app because you wind up becoming a software company and it's just like mm-hmm. a different business. It's a different business plan completely. Like, I know you think it's to give your customers better service, but it's not. Like, you're going to yeah. wind up being a totally different business. It never works out. I'm like, okay. So I want to listen to them on that, but it's really hard to listen on that. Part B is, like, I miss going to the gym, and I miss all of that. And I'm like, even though online is growing and all of this, it's very – it feels weird to me to, like, not be in the gym and not have that community feel – I just really, really miss that. But I also miss like having cable machines and different things at another gym. So my girlfriend and I literally just the last couple of days, we've been thinking like, you know, should I open a huge gym kind of like an alpha land kind of thing where I just like, I have a big location. It's got like the CrossFit style. It's got the bodybuilding style. I got a YouTube studio in there, podcast studio. Yeah. I just like make this really cool thing. I've been thinking about it a lot. I feel like it would make me feel a lot more fulfilled inside. And then there's also the other side of me. Sometimes it's like, you know, I kind of been doing this for a really long time and I wouldn't mind having someone come in and be like the new CEO of Chalk and they kind of run it. And then maybe I just go do business coaching because it'd be some, like, I would love to teach people how to like increase their business stuff was like, I teach people all, I have friends that hit me up and be like, Hey, can you help me with some business stuff? And I'm like, I'm like so excited because it's new. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I like it a lot. So it's like, it, it sounds like, dude, this doesn't sound like a hard part of your life at all, but it's like, it, it kind of is because I'm getting older now and I want to pick what's really going to fulfill me and make me happy. And, you know, it's, it's hard because you, when you get older, you have to make money. It, you, you can't say the money doesn't matter because it, it yeah. does now. Cause like, yeah. as you get older, it's like, if you stop making it, you're kind of screwed. So you need the money to be there, but you also need the fulfillment factor to be there because then it's really hard to keep doing what you do all the time. When you're younger, it's like it's easy to be like, oh, I don't need any money. I could take risk. I could do this. I can mm-hmm. do that. It's not as, it's not as bad. Um, but now I'd say that's like the hardest thing currently for me right now is I have, I have all these opportunities, and it's just like which way do I go? Yeah. 
It's pretty fucking hard, man. I could imagine. Yeah. I'm I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum where I am young and you know there's only I don't have a ton of opportunities yet but I don't really need much cash I keep my living expenses besides paying one employee and paying like office rent I really don't have anything so I can lean into the risk right now to follow yeah. that up um, you've had a ton of in quotation marks I'll say success um, in like what people look at as successful you know cool house cool cars a lot of money um, and this is a follow-up question. What really makes you happy? Like now, obviously, you just said you're still thinking of like what makes me the most fulfilled moving forward. But up until now, what has made you the most happy? Because obviously, most people see, you know, you have your own gym, you have this big community, you have this cool car, cool cars, cool houses, and all that stuff. And that's what they think will fulfill you. When in reality, I think your perspective on having that stuff and realizing that that isn't what fulfills you uh, is interesting. It's dude, it's definitely a tiebreaker between like people sending me like yesterday was like the max out week on our power building program. Mm -hmm. And everyone is just like sending me these videos and it's like, it's so fucking cool. Yeah. Um, and then fuck, I get emotional or stuff like this. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Um, and then just like doing like adventure stuff on my own, like, uh, like biking, hiking, all that stuff. I think I get sad because, like, I've been working so hard that, like, sometimes I don't get to do that stuff anymore. Yeah. And I see other people, like, succeed, and I'm like, oh, that's so fucking cool. And then, um, like, I want to succeed in my own stuff, too. It's like, for me, the business stuff, like I say, like, it's fun and it's cool and it's exciting to me. But, like, I'm just a big kid inside, too. Yeah. And and I want to go play and do shit. And, like, mm-hmm. I miss I miss being able to do big squats because, like, my knee's all fucked up and I can't do that anymore. So I see other people do it, and it kind of, like... It gets me emotional. I'm like, dude, it's fucking cool. Yeah. Coming so from I like, somebody. I like those two things. Yeah. Coming from me who, I don't know, when I look at your Instagram, it's like, it seems like the dream lifestyle. <laughs> it's like, literally, like, when I watch you, and that's why I started following you, because I'm like, this dude has a gym. He's super athletic. He travels a ton, and you always are doing something, like mountain biking. I love mountain biking. You're going snowboarding. I love snowboarding. Like, from me, just watching your life, it looks awesome and i understand why you know why you don't want to give up the the fun things you know um to follow that up let's see i'll ask this question oh no that that those are the last three so i have two business questions and then we'll round it out with a little bit of fitness advice and talk on fba so you've created a ton of abundance on the back of the internet, you know, building an online community, creating your training, putting it on the internet for people to buy. Um, what did you do to create the community? And like, how did you go about building an online following? And then also, uh, I figured this was an important part. How long did it take? Yeah. Okay. So I don't think I'm actually the best person in terms of like building a social media following. Like, yeah, I have 250 ish thousand followers, but like nowadays that's not a ton. And at the same time, I think I got like around a hundred K from CrossFit. And then the last 150 K has been basically just from the stuff that I do in my life. And, uh, I would say the majority of it was mainly just being in the gym all the time, posting about being in the gym and posting tips and, I think traveling and all the all the things that made you want to follow me, like doing cool shit all the time, I think is mm-hmm. like what really got people excited. And that's what I always really wanted the brand to be about was just kind of like, you know, work out and do cool shit, basically. Yeah. In- instead of like work out and like go compete at the CrossFit Games, which is what everybody else was kind of marketing. I was like, dude, yeah. fuck that. Like, I want people to look good, feel good, and like go do cool shit. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> that should be like the name of my brand right there. Yeah, I'm writing it down. Look good, do cool (laughs) shit. (laughs) Yeah. So that, I mean, I mean, I guess you got to say that that took me probably eight years because I've had the gym now for eight and a half years. I think when I opened the gym, I probably had 50-ish thousand followers. So the majority of it was after that. Um, So that's building the following. Building the community was the same girl who told me to put my workouts online she actually started my Facebook group. <laughs> funny really? enough. And um, even more funny enough was when I started creating all the workouts and putting them online, I never even messed with the Facebook group. I was like, dude, I hate Facebook. Like, I'm not, like, I'd post some things here and there, but like nothing 
nothing really all that big. And then when I got to like maybe 10,000-ish members online, I remember like having a sticky point and I couldn't get any more people. And then my friend was like, well, how much do you post in your Facebook group? I was like, never. And they're like, dude, you got to like get the community going in there, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, okay. And then like I started like doing more Facebook stuff and it actually helped a ton. Like people felt like a lot more involved and all that. And I was like so embarrassed. I'm like, oh my God, how did I not do this earlier? So stupid. <laughs> and then um, what was the other question? The So we had the community, the following. Yeah, you, you covered it. Okay. I thought um, that was three. It was community, online following, how long did it take? Okay, yeah, there you go. Uh, And then after... Eight and a half years. Yeah, after that, I love when you share your Instagram stories of like a credit, just a screenshot of your credit card (laughs) statement saying how much money you spend on ads. Um, Yeah. This is a two-parter. What makes a successful ad? And how much money do you typically spend on a monthly basis on ads? Right now, it's 300000 a month. Um, but my goal is like, like I, I want to spend like probably a couple million a month would yeah. be ideal. Um, so what makes a good ad is, I mean, obviously you got to have some sort of a hook in the first couple seconds to get them to stay. But interestingly enough, like some of my best ads, instead of having a good hook, I'd have like an interesting shirt on, or I would say, or, or like, you know, I, I would just say something kind of ridiculous. Those things all always work pretty well. Ads are getting really hard right now because they're getting mm-hmm. saturated pretty yeah. pretty good. And honestly, I don't really get the same return on ads, not even close that I used to get. And everything has been changing quite a bit now. So I'm not really sure. I'll, I'll still probably always spend a lot on ads, but I do want to shift a lot more to like user-generated content kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and kind of like sponsoring athletes and stuff is kind of like my next what I'd like to do. Um, one thing I like about spending a lot on ads though, is it does get your brand out there if you don't have a huge following. So like, you know, when I look at my engagement, it's like three, 4 million, you know, impressions on people or sometimes more, you know, and you can't really get that with a 200,000 person audience. So like some people will say, you know, what is the point of spending money on ads or, you know, or someone, or you see an ad from someone who's like an online coach can make a lot of money even with no followers. And it's like, yeah, you don't need followers if you pay for it. So you could like pay to play or you can just have this organic engagement. So like a lot of people will ask me like, what do you spend the most time on? And it'll be like thinking about content, making content, all this stuff. And then I remember Alex asking me that question. I told him it took me a lot of time to make content. And he's like, stop making it. And I was like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's and he's like, of course you can. You could just pay just pay more money for ads. Um and I was and that like literally blew my mind. I was like, what? I guess he's right. I was like, I guess I have clicked on ads where someone hasn't even had a profile. Mm-hmm. Like you click on it and it just goes to a web page. And I'm like, holy shit, I never thought of it that way. But when you have an organic following, you get free like free like I can make, you know, a post and get 100 clicks in my story on like a new a new program drop which could eventually be I don't know 100 times 30 bucks a month times lifetime value of that customer and and so on and so forth and it's like you you really battle a lot of like you know how much should I put into this versus what's really worth it yeah and right now nowadays man i mean I really miss the days of just having to do Instagram. Now it's like Instagram, TikTok, YouTube shorts, YouTube long form, podcast, <laughs> this, that. I'm like, fuck, how is it possible? How is it possible to keep up on all of this and be happy at the same time? It's like you just like you almost have to just like walk into a studio and everyone just like gives you the scripts and gives you this and gives you that. Because like if you don't, you just go fucking mental. Yeah, which is where I, which is where I feel like I'm at now. Which is why you're like, what's the hardest part of your life? I'm like, right now, I'm living it as we speak because there's all these opportunities, all these things I need to do, and it's like, you know, every hour of your time is worth something. And it's like, do I even want to spend an hour of my time making like my own podcast, or should I just spend an hour of my time trying to get on someone else's who already has a big following? And like, maybe that would be better for me. Yeah, you know, or should I spend my time all week trying to figure out? 20 or 30 different little like short reels that I put on social media 
or should I just make one sick long form content that we can chop up into all sorts of things? It's like the options are really, really fucking tough. Yeah. And to wrap up the podcast, I want to talk a little bit about uh, your training, the online training and full body aesthetics. Uh, you have one of the biggest online fitness coaching programs in the world where you train people all over the world, um, including myself. That's really how we got connected as I followed you on Instagram. Yeah. And then uh, I started doing it. I had my last intestine surgery, I think it was a year and a half ago. And I got out of CrossFit to get that surgery done. And then I just never went back. There was a few other health reasons that made me not jump back into it. But so I was looking for something else. And um, that's when I started doing FBA. And I've been doing it ever since. I've put on another 20, 25, 30 pounds of muscle since then. And I feel a lot better. Um, substantially better. I don't need to go and take naps after I crush myself in a CrossFit workouts anymore. Um, so yeah. I want your opinion and just, I want you to talk to the people who listen to this is like, why do you think people, uh, we'll start with this. Why do you think people struggle so much to get into training and to train consistently? I think a lot of people get frustrated because they don't actually like, they don't know what to do before they go to the gym. So they go to the gym and they walk around and they're like, you know, I kind of want to do that machine, but somebody's on it, so I'm going to go do this. Or I would like to do that, but like I don't know how to do it, so I'm just going to do this instead. And y you wind up having this thing where you just go in the gym, you go through the motions, and it doesn't matter how hard you work because you're not really doing anything systematically. It's like doing content. It's like, you know, and being a social media person. It's like if you just make content and post it, it's not the same as like having a plan. It's like I'm going to talk about nutrition and training and all these things so that people can get to X result. But if you just go to the gym and you just do whatever every single time, it doesn't ever guarantee a result. Mm -hmm. So it's really the definition between exercising and training, That's just, which is always like my tagline, stop exercising, start training. So people need structure. That's why like following a program, going into the gym is always going to be, not only is it going to give you the structure, but it's also going to give you a time frame. It's like, I'm going to be in and out in an hour. Yeah. Whereas when you go in before, you don't know how long you're going to spend. You don't know if what you're doing is even worth it. I mean, fuck, dude. Imagine every single time you put money in the bank, you didn't know if you're going to get it back. <laughs> it, makes it, it makes it really hard to want to invest. Yeah. It, it's, like, it's, it's terrifying. So why waste your time, which is now probably arguably the most valuable thing you have in your life, especially now with all these things going on and side hustle possibilities and all these things for people. It's like if time is your most valuable commodity, then you, know, you have to make the most of it. So – the other thing that happens is when people, the first like few months, they get a lot of great results because their muscles are just untrained. Mm -hmm. So they go into the gym, they get a lot of really great results like immediately, and then it just plateaus out. And the reason it plateaus out is because now you actually really need a systematic plan, you know? So it just, it, it makes, it, it makes it hard if you keep going to the gym and you don't see results. Like people, people don't want to do stuff and not see the result. Like I wouldn't want to keep posting on social media if I didn't get more followers. Yeah, I wouldn't want to. It wouldn't want to invest my money if it didn't grow into more money. Like it would be terrifying, and it's people would just live that life now. Yeah, to follow up with that, with my own personal story, is like over the past year, there was a few moments in time where I like wasn't sure if I was actually progressing. Because, um, you know, we do one exercise for a few weeks and then we do it off and then I go back to it and I was less. And I remember thinking like, is this even working? But then I found my screenshot of my body scan from a year ago. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, I just added 20 pounds of muscle and decreased body fat. So like, I think I was just too focused on the short term. And then uh, seeing your video that you made with Zoe, your girlfriend, where you asked her how long she's been training. And it was like 10 years, eight years, whatever it was. And I was like, oh, that's when it like clicked in my head. Like building a crazy body isn't just like six months or a year. It's like, you know, it's a decade of working out consistently and putting in, you know, the work in the gym. Um, next question is, what is the best piece of advice for someone looking to get into fitness and take control of their health? Obviously, one of them will, will be train and following a training program, but just for anybody getting into it. Honestly, you have to keep things super, super basic. So mm -hmm. you're going to, when you go on social media, you're, you're going to see one of two people. You're going to see the, um, what do I want to call this person? Like <laughs> the extreme, you're going to see the extremist, which is me. So like, I'm like, you have to follow a training program and you have to limit your foods to just basic shit. Like I'm a huge fan of just like meat, fruit, 
like a little bit of dairy, and I mean that's pretty much it. I don't really fuck around with vegetables just because I don't really like, like <laughs> I don't like cooking vegetables at my house. It's a pain in the ass. If I go to Whole Foods or something and it's there, sure I'll get some vegetables or whatever, but it's not something I like to buy. Plus, I eat like a lot of meat. So if I eat a lot of meat and a lot of vegetables, I'll lose a lot of weight because it's not enough calories. Whereas fruit has a lot more calories in it. People always ask me like, why don't you eat more vegetables? Like that's one of the reasons. So for me. I eat three pounds of meat every day, and I eat, a bu- I eat as much fruit as I want. I don't even measure it. It's super easy to do. So for most people, I like to tell them to just limit all of their shit. Because if you limit everything, like if you genuinely try to eat 90% ground beef and fruit, and you eat that every single day, I dare you to try to go over on your calories. Like, yeah. you're going to have to eat so much food that yeah. it is so hard to do. And then you're going to see the other kind of person on social media who's not an extremist and they're like a compassionate person. And they're like, love your body, this, that. You can eat whatever you want, do whatever you want, like fucking whatever. It's like, yes, you can make pizza work, donuts work, everything work. You know, you can do whatever you want. You can go do spin class instead of going to the gym and doing training and all these things and walk 10,000 steps a day. But it's so much harder to do. Like... You're essentially telling someone to basically like just cut themselves off at the end of like serious enjoyment. It's like they start eating pizza and it's like, this is so good. And then it's like, but you can't eat any more now because you wasted your calories for the whole day. And it's like, why don't we just teach this person to just make food swaps? Like when mankind first started, we didn't have fucking pizza. Like we're not, <laughs> meant, we're not, we're not meant to have pizza. You know what I mean? It's like. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have it, but it's something that should be limited. Like it should just be limited. Um, So number one, in my opinion, you want to get really, really fucking fit, eat meat and fruit. I think it's going to help you a ton. You get bored. You want a snack, have some cottage cheese or some Greek yogurt, put some protein powder in there, put some honey in there, put some more fruit in there, whatever you want. You're still not going to go over on your calories. It's super, 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 super easy. By the way, if you're going to ask me if I can have sushi or if I can have this or if I can have that, did I say that in the word meat and fruit? No, I did not, so you cannot have it. <laughs> Stop asking yourself questions that are stupid. <laughs> Next is follow a real training program when you go to the gym. When you go to the gym and you follow a real training program, you don't have to think about it. You know that if you just follow the plan, you're going to get there. Next thing is anyone who has anything negative to say about your journey can just fucking peace out. Like, the number one thing that always tried to deter me every single time was I'd be at dinner and someone would say, don't you want to enjoy this or do this or whatever and blah, blah, blah. And I literally would get to the point where I would just embarrass people and I'd just be like, I actually want to do everything I can to not look like you. Like, you look like shit. You never have fun. You never do anything. So, like, everything about you is, like, not what I want. And I literally got to the point where I would just say that, like, immediately and just crush people's fucking souls. <laughs> And then, it, and then people didn't want to go out to eat with me anymore. They're like, they didn't, like, like, what about drinking and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I'm like, dude, I love you, but like, I don't want to hear this shit right now. Like, my job is to have my shirt off and coach other people. Like, just, no. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's not even just about me. It's about my other people that follow me and, and, need, and need me for encouragement and need me for, you know, you know, motivation and stuff like that. So I just can't let them down. And I don't want to like be the person who says one thing and then goes off and does another thing. Yeah. So yeah, you want to be fit. It's, it's very basic, man. It's, 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 it's the most basic things. I think number one thing that everybody can do right now is go to a, look up your total daily energy expenditure Mm -hmm. on Google, find out what your total daily energy calories should be. And then download a tracking, a food tracking app and just track your calories for a day. And just see, like, how far off you really are. It will blow your mind. It will completely blow your mind. Yeah. And And the things that you think are high calorie are maybe not. And things you think are low calorie are way higher. Yeah. I remember the first time I did that. I did it for, like, two weeks, maybe a month. And I was like, oh, my God. I was way over on carbs every day. Uh, and And then I did it negative the other way where I took out too many carbs and I wasn't eating any carbs and then I felt like I, I could uh, at the time I was running a lot and I couldn't like I just didn't have the fuel so then I added some carbs back in um, to what feels good last thing I want to talk about is a little shout out to FBA what is it why does it work why is it so fun 
Yeah, so funny enough, I actually invented FBA just because I was coming back from an arm surgery, and I realized that I couldn't do CrossFit. It was too intense because uh, there's a lot of, like, explosive movements and hanging from bars and stuff, and I just got bicep tendon surgery, so couldn't do any of that. Um, and then I was like, well, maybe I'll just do a traditional bodybuilding routine. And I couldn't do that because there'd be whole days where like a whole arm day I couldn't do. Yeah. And like some of the other days it would, I'd be very limited. So I started looking into how many sets do you need to do per muscle group per week? And once you figure out these numbers, you quickly start to figure out that it doesn't really matter how you do them. So you don't have to have an arm day or a leg day. You can lift every muscle every day as long as you don't do too much. And at the end of the week, we have X amount of sets per muscle group per week. So I broke it up to just this full body split. And then I picked, I, I used a little bit of CrossFit where we have like some constantly varied movements. So I have like one or two movements that we hit every single week without fail. And then the other movements are like constantly moving, constantly varied, like accessory movements is what I call them. And the reason it works is because you're doing a bodybuilding routine, but it's less boring and because you're only doing one exercise per body part per training session, you have a lot more intensity for each movement. You get a lot more excited for each movement. Like you're excited for each session, I feel like. Like I love doing arms every day, and I love only doing one thing for legs every day versus like an entire leg day. Like there's just so many things about it that is just like so relieving. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I feel like you can really see your, your progress. It's very easy to work around injuries. Um, because like if your shoulder hurts that day, then like you just won't do shoulders that day. Um, or like you'll do a different movement for shoulders that day or whatever it is. And yeah, I think, I think a lot of people have been either doing a traditional bro split, which is like your, your leg day, your chest day, your back day, and then, or they've been doing a lot of CrossFit. So if they've been doing a lot of CrossFit, they're burned out. They want to try something different, but regular bodybuilding seems boring. Or if you're someone who's been doing a regular bodybuilding routine, but you don't want to do CrossFit, this is like that in between. So that's kind of why it works really, really well. Yeah, so scientifically, yeah. it, it works well. And actually, when you do it, you really like it a lot. Yeah, I love it. And I lo also love the fact that when I get on the app, I don't need to think about it. I just do the sets, do the reps, do the RPE scale of what you put in. And I know that you thought about it, and I don't have to. <laughs> totally. Dude, whenever, I can, whenever someone can just take the guesswork out, life is so much easier. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all my questions. That's all I wanted to talk about. Is there anything else that you want to touch on before we wrap it up? Not really. Um, I really like the idea for the entrepreneurs out there. Just like start getting yourself around other people that inspire you. Mm -hmm. Try as hard as you can. Maybe, maybe do something for them for free. Maybe, you know, offer to, yeah, do something for them. Do, or, or if you can't get around the people you really want to get to, just like start making smaller incremental jumps to get to those people. If you want to start getting healthier and fit, just cut your foods down to meat and fruit and follow a training program. That's pretty much it. Super easy, easy stuff here. <laughs> yeah. Super easy stuff here. Just make a commitment. Just make a commitment.